0: Amen, amen, amen. I just have this overwhelming sense this morning that I'm going to get in trouble. Uh (laughs) I don't know why. That's that's great. Um, I'm lost. Give me a second. Man, Holy Spirit. The waves of Holy Spirit were just crashing there. It was awesome. So good. God is so good all the time. God is so good all the time. All the time. All the time. And all the time. God is, God is good. good. Amen. 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 Grace, uh, Grace, I just the I feel the Lord saying that um you're going to be put in the place, you're gonna put you're gonna be put in prominent places, and the word of God and the character of God that is in you. Is going to speak to those around you, and you're going to transform the culture around you simply by being the person who you are because God is in you. Amen. 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 Good times. Good times. Hey, I'm a little loud. Hey, I need to be able to accentuate my voice at points, so I don't want to kill anybody. We're talking about live by faith, and the Bible says the just shall live by faith, that the righteous will live by faith. And so we as Christians are called to live by faith, by faith. We don't live by this world's standards. We don't live by food. We don't live by bread and water. We live by faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to to please God, because if, because we must believe that God exists and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have to live by faith. It starts with faith and it finishes with faith. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so when we lack faith, we come to him and we get more faith. Every single situation In the world today, every problem that is in the world today, God already has an answer for. Every single problem facing the world today, you can't list one. Hunger in a foreign country, war in the Ukraine, go ahead, list them all. God has the answer for that situation. It's sitting in heaven and it's waiting and it's ready. Ready? And we are called to live with him in this partnership and we unlock the answers and we bring them down from heaven by faith. Through faith. Through faith. If there's anything that you need, if there's anything that you want, the way that we get it out of the storeroom of heaven is by applying our faith. Where is our faith? How much faith do we have? Do we have enough faith to pull that down? You know, years ago, we began praying for the ending of abortion and the ending of Roe v. Wade. And Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Amen. 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 And I remember listening to um, a, a message at that time and the the speaker was speaking specifically to a group of people who had gathered together to pray for the ending of abortion. And he was speaking to identity. And he said, What is your identity wrapped up in? If your identity is wrapped up in the ending of abortion, what are you going to do when abortion ends? And it shook me. I'm like, This guy has faith. Like, we're praying for the ending of abortion like it could never happen. And this guy says, What are you going to do when it does? That's faith. It's going to. Why? Because it's in God's heart, and God's people have joined themselves with God's heart. It's inevitable. There's no way that it can be stopped. It's not enough. I'll I'll go, I'll say, I want to say this. It's not enough for abortion to become illegal. It needs to become unthinkable. It needs to become unthinkable, because if it's still thinkable, then people will find a way. We need to come to a place where we transform society to the point where we just can't, I could never do that. That's unthinkable. Glory to God. Today I want to talk to you about live by faith. I want to talk to you about living by faith. And today's message is entitled, Faith Over Fear. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. If there is any area of our life where we have fear, it's an area of our life where we don't have faith. If there's any area of our life where we have fear, it's exposing an area of our life where we don't have faith. Faith and fear are moving in the opposite directions. Let's look at Scripture. We'll start in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. What did Jesus say? Say that, well, everybody together. What did he say? Let us cross over to the other side. All right, where are they going? The other side. To the other side. It's very important that we remember what Jesus said. Because faith comes from what God has said. If God said it, then it's true. If God said it and promised it, then it's going to happen. What did Jesus say? Let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. And so if we can simply remember what happened, what Jesus said, if we can simply remember what God said, if we can simply can continue to focus on what God said, our faith will rise and our fears will be diminished. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling with water. And Jesus was asleep in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we're all going to die here in the middle of the lake? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so fearful? Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Here we see. You're full of fear, and you have no faith. You're full of fear and you have no faith. And then they feared exceedingly and said to one another, "Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him?" Now, before I go on, I want to clarify what we're reading here. Um, it says, "Why are you so?" Jesus said to them, "Why are you so fearful?" The word in the Greek there is delios. We're talking about two different aspects of fear, all right? And so if we go back and we look at the Greek, this is New Testament, so we're going to look at the Greek. If we look at the Greek, we're going to understand more clearly what's being said. Why is it that you are so fearful? Why is it that you are so faithless? Why is it that you are so cowardice? The Greek word there is delios, D-E-I-L-O-S, delios, Why is it so that you are so cowardice? Why is it that you are so faithless? This is what the word fearful means there. How is it that you have no faith? And then they feared exceedingly. It's a different word. The word there is phobeo, P-H-O-B-E-O, phobeo. And it means reverential awe. And they had reverential awe exceedingly and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So we see two different aspects of fear. We see the cowardice, the the faithless fear, and then we see the reverential awe fear. And you don't have to necessarily walk around with your blue letter Bible app or your Greek concordance to figure out which one they're talking about. Most times you can figure it out just by context. Most times you can figure it out just by context. When, when, the, when the smoke and the fire descend on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament, it's Hebrew, right? So it's not going to be the same word. But the, Moses says, why did you run away? God did this so that his fear might be before you, so that his reverential awe might be before you, so that you might not sin. So we see two different aspects of fear. Why did they fear? Why did they fear? They feared because they thought that they were going to die in the middle of the, the lake. Why did they think that they were going to die in the middle of the lake? Did Jesus say, get into the boat, we're going to go to the middle of the lake, and we're going to drown? I'm pretty sure that's not what he said. What did he say? Where did he say we're going? We're going to the other side. Other side. So if we just simply remember what God said... Listen, I don't know why these waves are raging. I don't know why the boat's filling. But Jesus said, we're going to the other side. So I'm going to trust that we're going to the other side. Yeah. This is the enemy's tactic every single time, guys. The, the enemy always comes to, to, to make you second guess almost always the last thing that God said. God made Adam and Eve In the image and likeness of God. He made Adam and Eve like God. And then Satan comes and said, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, you will be like God. They were already like God. But she believed the lie. When Jesus is baptized, he comes up out of the water and God speaks to the whole crowd and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He goes to the desert. He's tempted by the devil. And what's the first thing the devil says? If you are the son of God, he comes right after the last thing that God said. What did God say? Guys, we, I don't know how we gotta do this. You know, write it down. Post it to your refrigerator. Write it on the inside of your eyelids. Put it on your screens when they open up. Write down, what is God saying? Every word, what is he saying to you? We all have the ability to hear God. The fact that you're in this church today proves that you hear God. You're here because you've heard him. You could be here and not even be saved and you're here because someone said, hey, you should come to church and the prompting of God led you here. It's the the love of God that leads men and women to repentance. Oh, it's good stuff. We, (laughs) we We have to deal with fear. Anytime we have fear... It's a place where we don't have faith. And there are lots of things, there are lots of avenues that are trying to speak fear into your life on a daily basis. On a daily, daily, hour by hour, minute by minute, constant, continual basis, fear is being spoken into your life. And if you're not aware of it, you're gonna live afraid. You're gonna live afraid. I told you this, I don't read the I don't watch the news, I read the news. Why don't I watch the news? Breaking. Oh my God. You're not gonna believe what happened. They passed another law today. I mean, it's like it's the end of the world when anything happens. It doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter who it happens for. It happened for the right today, it happened for the left tomorrow, and it's terrible both days. I just don't get it. How can it all be bad? it is all bad. It's all bad. I was reading, I don't watch the news, I read the news, and I'm reading this. I'll tell you how it's all bad, because we're no longer the United States of America. We're We're the divided states of America. The division here is so deep that only God can fix it. Only we as Christians can fix it, but we can't do it if we're afraid. We can't do it if we're afraid. I was reading the news the other day. I pick up my phone because I read my news on my phone. I was reading the news the other day, and it, and it said, the wording was, see, it's all in the wording. And if you're listening, for me, I, don't, I can't pick it up as well as when I'm hearing, plus, you know, their, their cadence when they're talking. I just can't stand it. I just turn it off. But when I read it, I can pick it out and be like, oh, look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing. So I was reading the news. I don't, couldn't tell you what, which one it was. could have been Fox News. They're not any better. And it, because they were quoting somebody else. And so they're quoting people who are mad and divided. And so they're quoting this guy, and he said, um, these extremist governors. <laughs> That's what was written. It doesn't even matter what the article was about. These extremist governors. It makes it sound like we're at war. It makes it sound like they're my enemy. It makes it sound like they're going to ruin the world. This is the news, and this is where we're at. This is where the world is at. But just because somebody else is afraid or somebody else is trying to make us afraid doesn't mean that we should be afraid. Throughout the Bible, the Bible says, fear not, do not be afraid. The angel comes to Mary. What's the first word? Fear not. Angel comes to Joseph. What's the first word? Don't be afraid. Angel comes to Zachariah. What does he say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't, 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 don't be afraid. I read, I don't know if this is true. I didn't search it out myself, but I read that there were 365 occurrences in the Bible where it says, do not be afraid. Coincidence? I don't think so. 365 occurrences, one for every day. Do not be afraid. It's the most frequently given command in the Bible. Why? Because God knew, what our, God knew who we were. He knew what we would do. He knew how we would react. And he knew that fear had the ability to ruin and destroy our faith. You cannot have fear and live in faith. We all like to Look at Job and hold Job up. You know, I mean, God bragged about him, right? I'm like, oh, have you considered my so- servant Job? He's blameless and upright. There's none like him in all the earth. Go for, go ahead a few chapters, you know. And I'm not saying uh, that you, you need to be worried about this, but you know, we're like, why did that happen? How could God allow that to happen? Job said. Job said this: the thing that I feared the most has come upon me, and so the fear opened a door. What doors are we opening by being afraid of things? What are we supposed to be afraid of? Nothing. God and God alone. God is the only thing that we need to fear. Everything else can bow. It may not be comfortable, but I'm not going to be afraid of it. (laughs) There's a scripture in the Old Testament. It says, I think it's in Jeremiah. I, I could be wrong. It says, You'll be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. It's not that when you're not oppressed that you won't be afraid. It's that if you refuse to be afraid, it's impossible to oppress you. Take that. Figure that out. It's good. Just don't be afraid, and they can't oppress you. They could kill me, but they're going to do it without oppression. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let's keep moving. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is something that travels in the spiritual realm. It's a spiritual element that we have to deal with. If you're fearful and you're constantly afraid, then it's a spirit, and you need to deal with the spirit of fear. You need to speak to the spirit of fear yeah. commanded to go. Yeah. And you may need to do this over and over and over again until you're no longer afraid. But at some point, you just stop being afraid. Yeah. What, can, what should we fear? There's another scripture. I'm, I'm just all, all ahead of myself here. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. We want to say, but it says, but of power. It's a, he hasn't given us a spirit that comes with fear, but he's given us a spirit that comes with power, a spirit that comes with love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Amen. Sound mind. Sound mind. Yes. Sound mind. Sound mind. One of our greatest weapons, guys, one of our greatest spiritual weapons is the ability to control our mind. Take every thought Captive. Our strength in spiritual warfare is no greater than our ability to control our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Second Corinthians 10.5, I think. You must, must control your thoughts. And so when a thought comes in that's bad, we're all going to die. I'm going to live all my days and I'll go to heaven when it's time. God has appointed the day of my death. I'm not dying today. I say that because death's the thing that we fear the most other than public speaking. <laughs> God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Control your thoughts. Love A spirit of love. Love, 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 love. Guys, we're redeeming love. I'll never stop talking about it. I'll never stop saying it. I'll never stop saying it. Love, love, love. Love, love others. And allow the love of God. I am convinced, I'm wholeheartedly, 100% convinced that if we were to allow the love of God to penetrate our hearts fully, 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 that we would be different. We would be unrecognizable. Let the spirit, let the love of God come and infect your heart. Your mind, but your heart. People will be like, who are you and what'd you do with my dad? Who are you and what'd you do with my brother? Or who are you and what'd you do with Matt Medic? Because you're not him. The love of God transforms us. It transforms us. No greater power than the love of God. Spirit of power. 1 John four seventeen. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. When, when it's all said and done, we go to heaven, we stand there before the throne of God, and God's gonna judge us. It's the love that God has worked in us that gives us boldness to stand before the throne. Amen. Because as he is, as Jesus is, where is he? He's victorious. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. As he is, he has authority over all. So are we in this world. Because Jesus exists like that, like he does where he is right now. We're that person in the world. And we're to execute his dominion and his authority in the earth everywhere we go. That's good stuff. <laughs> Man, that's good stuff. The authority, guys. Shh. Our authority. Our authority. If we were to understand our authority, just start stepping out. Start stepping out in that. There is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. When God's love comes, fear has to go. It doesn't, it's not optional. It's not like, well, if you get filled with the love of God, the fear might go away. No. When perfect love comes, it casts out not some fear, not most fear, it casts out all fear. Amen. Yeah. One of the ways that I receive the love of God is by putting on worship music and playing it. I also by reading my word. Also by sitting still in the presence of God. Also by taking long walks in nature. There's multiple ways of receiving the love of God, and I'm just giving you a few, but I'm just telling you, I'm encouraging you, I want to encourage you, figure out how you best receive the love of God and just start doing it, and doing it regularly. I'm talking like every day. Get the love of God in you. Get the love of God in you. Yes, I want you to get the word of God in you. I want, to get, I want you to get the, the word of God in you because I want you to get the love of God in you. And the love of God comes through the word of God. But the love of God comes through other avenues too. It comes through worship. At least for me it does. I know for a lot of others it does. It comes through just sitting in a quiet prayer. You don't even have to say anything. Just listen. Tune your voice and listen. This is hard for us. We sang that song. I don't know which one it was. Lean back, and I will stay still until it sinks in. How long is that going to take? I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you. It's not on the card. I have a challenge for you. Take an actual, take an actual Sabbath rest. I bet you, I I bet you, ninety percent of you can't do it. (laughs) Take an actual Sabbath rest. Take a 24-hour period of your life. I don't even care what day it is, right? I'm not going to hold you to, like, sundown on, on Friday to Sunday on, on Saturday. I'm not going to hold you to that. You take any 24-hour, you take 24 hours, set an alarm, 24 hours. You can't buy anything, right? No Amazon Prime. <laughs> everybody's like, Everybody's like, damn. <laughs> no work. Can't cut your grass. Cut it tomorrow can't do chores around the house, do it some other day. You can still cook. That, that will allow. <laughs> you got to eat. eat. You can do that. There's a whole list of things. Just take a Sabbath rest. Do it 24 hours. Those three things alone, right? Why? Because we are, we're go, 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 go. Right? The phone rings for work. You can't pick it up. You can't check your email. Are you kidding me? I can't even live. I would be disowned. 24 hours. We can't, we can't receive the love of God because we don't know how, how to stand still long enough to, to receive it. Because we've, we've lost this idea of Sabbath. We have no idea how to take a break. We have no idea how to rest. So when we sing the song... Lean back in his loving arms. He's a good father. Lean back in his loving arms and stand still until it sinks in. Just stand in the presence of God and let his love sink in. And I'll tell you how it happens for me it happens for me over hours and in waves. Hour one, I decompress. (laughs) You you can get better at this if you do it more frequently. Hour one, or it might take you longer if, if you're not used to doing this. Hour one, I decompress. Hour two, I really press into God. Hour three, I just sit there. Hour four, I might just start to begin to feel the love of God. I've been doing this for years, and it still takes me four hours to get to that place. When was the last time your phone didn't ring for four hours while you've been awake or a text message hasn't come in where you have been completely undistracted for four hours? To let the love of God. Why, are we, why do we run around? Why are we so fearful? Why are we anxious and worried? Anxious, anxiety, and worry. These are like the precursors to fear. Because we haven't let the love of God in our hearts. And we haven't done it not because we don't want it. We haven't done it because we haven't set aside the time to do it. We haven't figured out how to do it. And as much as I can tell you what I do, I can't tell you what you need to do. I like to go up into the mountains where there's no cell, resur- where there's no cell service. Or I'll just turn my, my phone off. Turn it off. There's an off button on here, guys. I don't know if they showed that to you or not. If you hold down this button, it goes off. (laughs) What? What? But what works for me might not work for you. You might have to do something different. I like to pray. I like to pray everywhere, and I like to pray in a different spot every single day. My wife likes to pray in the same chair. She doesn't even like to switch from one to the other. That'll happen by season not daily. It's okay. God made us different. How is it that you're going to receive the love of God? Begin to work this out. Begin to receive the love of God in your heart and watch fear vanish. You have to guard your eyes. You have to guard your ears. You have to guard your mind. You have to guard what comes in. That's 1 Timothy, right? He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. Control your thoughts. But then we need to allow the love of God to come in. At the same time, we need to allow the love of God to come in and to to remove those fears from us. Fear involves torment because he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We can be made perfect in love. We will be made perfect in love and will only be made perfect through love. And so we need to position ourselves where, in a place where we are receiving the love of God on a regular basis, daily basis. If you're not receiving the love of God, if the last time you received any amount of the love of God was the last time I opened my mouth, it's been way too long. Last Sunday was way too long. If it wasn't yesterday... It was way too long. Position yourself to receive the love of God every single day, multiple times a day, all throughout the day. We love him because he first loved us. Our ability to do everything that we do, to love others well, to love ourselves, to do the work of ministry, every single thing we do comes from the fact that God loves us, God loves me. He loves me. It's very individual and it's very personal. And so it's not, that just, it's not that God just loves us, he does, but God loves me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I don't want to go through this a hundred times. He loves you and you and you and you. He loves every single individually one of you, individually. And we love because he loved. We have the ability to, to, to show love because he loved us he did it to us and we mirror it back to him and to others Matthew 10:28 through 31 Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell are not too Sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, do not fear, are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of much more value than many sparrows. Do not fear those who can kill you. Fear him who is able to kill both body and soul and you'll wind up in hell. Fear God. Fear God. Fear God. Have reverential awe for him. Have reverential awe to the point where you're you're willing to obey. Most times, most times the struggles that we go through aren't because we aren't hearing God or that we haven't heard God. Most times the struggles that we're going through is because we lack the obedience to carry out what he's already said. We lack the discipline to carry out what God has already said. We know what, we know what, <laughs> we lack the discipline to carry out what God's already said. Amen. We know what God wants us to do. But we're like, no, oh, you know, everybody else needs to go to church, but I don't. <laughs> everybody else needs to witness, but I don't. Everybody else needs to read their word, but I don't. Everybody else needs to, or we're just like, ah, not today. Not today turns into not tomorrow either, and then not the next day, and then not this week. And then the next thing you know, it's been like seven days, and you're spiritually malnourished because you haven't read, you know, what would happen if you hadn't eaten in a week? This is what happens when you don't read your word in a week. There's a reason why this is called the bread of life, the word of God, the bread of life. It feeds you. you may, people, people try to use the excuse, well, I can't remember the Bible when I read it. That's okay. I don't remember what I ate for lunch last week, but it still nourished me. I don't remember what I read last week, but it nourished my soul. It gave me what I needed for the day, the moment, The hour. It doesn't matter that you remember it or not. Read it. Just read it. Just keep reading it. Just keep reading it until it sinks in. Yes, I smell my Bible. They smell wonderful. They're different than any other book, guys. The Bible is the only book where when we open it up and we read it, the author shows up. He shows up. He's there in the room. I mean, thank God, right? Because, I mean, you wouldn't want to be in the bathtub reading some novel and be like, ah! It's Jesus. Jesus shows up. You are a much more value than many sparrows. Do we remember, do we really understand how valuable God sees us? Jesus died on the cross for you. He did it for you. We can say that he did it for the world, but he did it for you. It was very personal. It was very individual. If, he did it, if there was only one, he would have done it for one. He would have done, if it was just you, he would have done it just for you. This is how much God loves you. This is how valuable you are. Jesus came and he poured out all of his blood for you. For you. He's that in love with you. Mark 5, 35 through 36, while Jesus was uh, while Jesus was still speaking, some came from, this is the story of the the lady uh, walking through the crowd, or I'm sorry, Jesus is walking through the crowd, everybody's pressing in, the lady with the issue of blood touches the hem of his garment and he's healed, and then he's talking with her, and he says, you know, you're healed by your faith. And so then um, people come from the ruler of the synagogue's house, he was on his way to J.R.S.'s place, and Jesus was still speaking. As Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus' house, who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer, any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Do not be afraid. Just have faith. Do not be afraid. Just have faith. We have a choice. Every single time something comes up, we have a choice. Every single time we're giving another piece of information, we have a choice. Am I going to fear what I've just learned? Or am I going to have faith in what God has already said? Am I going to fear because of what I just learned? Or am I going to have faith in what God has already said? JR shows up on the seashore when Jesus lands in the boat and he says, "Hey." I want you to come to my house. My daughter's sick and she's near death. But if you come and lay your hands on her, she'll get better. So there was faith. And so Jesus is walking along. He's being pushed in, in the crowd. The woman with the issue of blood, they've got to stop the whole thing. He ministers to her. And then the news she's dead. still not too late. Jesus says, she may be dead. It's still not too late. He gets to the house. He tells them, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. He goes in. He puts everybody else outside. He's like, get out of here. Everybody else out. You don't have faith? Get out of the house. You think she's dead? Get out. She's not dead. She's sleeping. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. out." He removed everybody else who had unbelief. It was Peter, James, and John, the mother and the father, and Jesus, and the dead girl. And Jesus prays, and her spirit returns to her body, Scripture tells us. And she rose from the dead. Faith is what causes miracles to happen. Faith is what causes answers to every single problem that we have to come and manifest in our presence. When there doesn't seem to be a way, it's faith that pulls the answer down out of heaven and delivers it to us. It's faith It's faith, it's faith, but we can't have faith if we're living in fear. They can't exist in the same space. You've got to get rid of fear so that faith can come and fill it. You've got to get rid of fear so that you can be filled with faith. You've got to get rid of fear so that you're ready to act and move with what God has for you. What are you fearful of? Some of us are fearful of some pretty strange things. You know, people that are afraid of frogs. My wife's afraid of spiders. I really don't like snakes. I don't know that I would go to the point of saying that I'm afraid of them. Right, we have all these fears, fear of elevators, fear of public speaking, fear of death. But what about fear of somebody not liking you? What about the fear of not being successful? What about the fear of not, you know, being liked by your family? What about the fear of fill in the blank at this point? Because you've got thoughts running through your mind more than I've got them running through mine. You know what you're afraid of. I don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe you need to pray this week and identify a fear. If that's you, check the box, right? There's a box on there. Identify your fear. What are you afraid of? What is it that you are afraid of? What is it that you don't believe that God can answer? Where is it that you lack faith? We're called to live by faith. We're called to have faith in God. To believe that God exists, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and that he answers prayer. God answers prayer. God's sitting in heaven, and he is waiting to pour out the answers to your prayers. There's some answers in heaven that we have to increase our faith level if we're going to apprehend that answer. If we're going to grab that answer out of heaven and pull it down to the earth, we're going to have to raise our faith so that it can come. Why? I don't know why it works this way. It, I mean, the Bible tells us that it does, and it does, and it works this way because that's the way it works, and I've seen it work. I've got a prayer list. I want to encourage you, if you don't have a prayer list, make a prayer list. I didn't have one for probably 20 years of being saved, maybe 25 years of being saved. Never had a prayer list, and um, it's in my notes Right, and it's prayer list, and then I put all of these things on here that I'm praying for, and I started it. I wish it would tell me when I started it. I think I started it in like 2018 or 2019, so it's it's fairly new. I mean, that's only four years old. Can I tell you how many things on here are answered? Over 20. Over 20. Can I tell you how many things on here are unanswered or yet to be answered? How many things on here are, are or got answered the way that I didn't, wasn't praying for? Two. Two. I was, praying for, um, I was praying for something, and the opposite happened twice. 20 times God answered what I said. Twice the opposite of what I was praying for happened, and there's about 10 more on the list that, that God's going to answer. But you know what that does? That makes me say, holy cow, I'm praying And I've got 20 answers to prayer. I'm not, uh, you know, when I'm praying, like, God, give us safe travel today. I don't put that on my prayer list. (laughs) When I'm praying and I'm saying, God, bring my daughter a spouse, I put that on my prayer list. Now I've checked it off. These are big life things that you put on your prayer list, and you check them off, and you're like, God answers prayer. God still answers prayer. Come on, God still answers prayer. Faith comes through surrender, not through striving. You'll never get more faith by trying harder. You get more faith by surrendering to the will of God, by coming in line with what the will of God is, because that's where the answers are. Those are the answers that God wants to bring. This is where, when we align ourselves with the will of God, when we surrender our will to His will and we work with Him, that's when the answers come and it's glorious. I'm going to end with this thought. So, who's ever going to receive the tithe this morning, just get ready. God has a will and a plan, but just because God wills it to happen doesn't mean that it happens. It says in 1 Peter that God desires that all men would be saved and that none should perish, that no one would go to hell. But it says in Matthew chapter 7 that wide is the gate and broad is the path that lead to destruction or hell, and many are they that enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and few are they that find it, and so we hear we, we see this dichotomy where although it's God's will that everyone is saved, it is not the end outcome of reality that everybody will be saved. And so the way that we 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 have to be careful not to put something on God because, well, he's God; he could do it. No, he's waiting for us to partner with him. This is the way that he has worked it out. This is the plan that he's brought. He has made a way, and if we pray and we ask for God's will to be done, we'll see more of God's will done in the earth. How do more people get saved? By you and I partnering with God, not going it alone, not doing our own Rambo thing, not being, no, partnering with God, listening to him, speaking when he tells us to speak, and keeping your mouth shut when you See, I didn't get in trouble. It was good. When he doesn't. Too often times, we're trying to prove ourselves right when God doesn't care about what we're talking about. We wind up talking about something that has no application. And we turn people off to Jesus because we had to be right about French toast. This week, I'm going to ask you to identify your fears. Live by faith and get rid of fear. Fear. Get rid of fear. Be filled with the love of God. Intentionally fill yourself with the love of God. Position yourself to be filled with the love of God this week. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. We, as a church, as a group of believers, we love God. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins that we are forgiven of everything we've done and that we've, we are invited into this relationship with him, that we walk out each day here on the earth, this relationship with God, we're invited into this place and that when our days on earth are done, we'll go to heaven and we'll be with him forever. This is who we are. This is what we believe. You can have that peace too if you want it today. If that's you and you want to have this relationship with Christ and you want to be sure that you're going to go to heaven when it's time for you to go. I just want to pray for you. Is there anybody here? Anybody here? Just quick hand. Quick hand, we'll pray. Anybody here that that's you, that's me? I want, I want Jesus. I want that relationship. If that's you today. Right here. Hand right here. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I ask that you would come and live inside my heart. Help me to live for you all of the days of my life. I believe you died on the cross, that you were buried and rose on the third day, that you are seated in heaven, and I get to live with you in your power, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Check on your Engage card that you prayed that prayer today, and I'm going to send you some information that explains the decision that you made. We'd love to just celebrate. Come on, let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Elizabeth, come and receive the offering this morning. Thank you.